Hey guys, it's Scott. I just want to thank you for tuning into the Blue Ridge Church podcast. You know, I hope this is encouraging to you. I hope it's inspiring to you. And I pray most of all, it's going to help you on your faith journey. So enjoy today. Well, it's great to see you guys. I want to welcome you again to Blue Ridge Church. Those of you streaming with us online, our online campus, it's always good to have you guys as well. So if this is your first time here, we are finishing up a series today called Parenting. Perception versus reality. And really the overarching theme of this series has been to give us the tools necessary to raise our kids to be responsible adults, right? That's what we want. We want our kids to to love the Lord and to be responsible adults. And those of you that are parents, those of you that are grandparents, I know what you're feeling right now. You're feeling kind of overwhelmed. You get into a series this long and you start to feel overwhelmed. You start to feel a little anxious. You know, all the things we've talked about that we should be doing, that we aren't doing, that we could be doing. The whole reason we did this was so that we can be better parents and better grandparents. And even if you don't have kids, so we can handle those relationships better when we have them with kids. So what I want to do today is I want to talk about how do we get this right? Because we want to get parenting right. Nobody has a kid and says, man, I I hope I screw this up, right? I hope I mess this up terribly and my kids turn out bad. No, we want to get this right. We want to do this well. And in order to do that, in order to be successful as parents and even as grandparents, I think we have to do something for ourselves. I think that's key. And I kind of relate it to flying. You know, a lot of you have probably flown before. There's a lot of people, one of the greatest fears that Americans have is to fly. And I started thinking about that. Well, it's because of how they set the whole process up, right? When you get on an airplane, you get on in a terminal. Think about that for a minute, right? And then, and then it's last call, you know, as you're boarding the airplane. But then you sit down on that airplane and they go through all of these different safety things, right? The floor level lighting, the, your seat cushion is all of a sudden now a life jacket in case we have to land in the water. And, and then they say something though that I think relates to parenting. The flight attendant tells you uh, to basically, if the plane depressurizes, then magically and mysteriously out of the ceiling, there's going to drop an oxygen mask. And at that point, they tell you to ignore your child, Right? They tell you to put your oxygen mask on first. Don't worry about your kid. Take care of yourself. And I wonder, why do they do that? Why do you think they tell you to put your oxygen mask on first? Because if you're not getting oxygen, you're not going to think clearly. Right? You're not going to be able to handle the most basic task when it comes to your kid. In other words, you're never going to be able to get the oxygen mask on your kid if you don't put your oxygen mask on first. And I think parenting is a lot like that. If we don't do certain things for ourselves, the parents, then we're not going to be able to do anything for our children. So that's the point that I kind of want to unpack today in the time that we have left. And the point is this, learning number one, if you're taking notes, our notes are available on that Church Center app. Uh, Heather explained that during the welcome video. Uh, If you don't have that Church Center app downloaded yet, you can scan the QR code 
on your seat back, or if you're watching online, they'll send you a link. But here's the first learning. Before you can take care of your family, you must first take care of yourself. Right? Before we're ever going to be in the position to take care of our family, to take care of our kids, we have to take care of ourselves. In other words, if I don't take care of myself... If I'm not eating right, and if I'm not getting enough sleep, if I'm, you know, working too hard, if I'm not improving uh, mentally and spiritually and and relationally, I'm going to be of little to no use to anybody, especially when it comes to our kids. So that's what I want to focus on today. What do we need to do as parents, as grandparents, to put ourselves in the best position to, again, raise our kids to be responsible adults. Now, one day Jesus uh, in the book of Mark was uh, hanging out and this guy comes up to him. He was a a well-educated person and he asked Jesus a question. And he asked Jesus, he said, hey, you know, of all the things you've told us, what's the most important thing that we need to remember? That's basically what he said. And if you've been coming to this church or watching for any length of time, you know this scripture verse. We talk about the scripture verse a lot, but Jesus told him, you need to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then Jesus said this in Mark chapter 12, verse 31, love your neighbor as yourself. So he said to love God and love your neighbor as yourself. So over time, this scripture passage has become one of the most popular scripture verses because we know what Jesus was saying, right? We understand this verse. It makes perfect sense, right? If I, you know, if I love myself, I can love my neighbor. I should love my neighbor as myself. If I take care of myself, I can take care of my neighbor. If I care for myself, then I can care for my neighbor. So this verse makes sense to us. The way we love ourselves, the way we care for ourselves, we can do that for other people. The world will be a better place, right? Same with our kids. If we love our kids and care for our kids and take care of our kids, they're going to be better off. So we understand that verse. But what I want you to do is I want you to fast forward from the time Jesus said this to today. Some 2,000 plus years and fast forward to our culture today. And although we can be pretty self-centered, even though we can be you know, a lot of times only about ourselves. the truth is we don't love ourselves all that much. We don't care for ourselves all that much. So it's going to be really difficult to do what Jesus said to love our neighbor the way we love ourselves because we don't love ourselves and care for ourselves all that much. And that's going to put us in a bad position when it comes to raising our kids. I mean, think about it like this. What would it look like if we instilled some of the same values that we have in our kids or, or we expected our kids to do some of the same things that we do? What if we expected our kids to eat the way that we eat? Maybe for breakfast, you have a, a leftover bagel and a 24-ounce cup of coffee, right? Or a stale. What our kids to eat that way? What if we uh, expected our kids to have the same sleep patterns that we have? Right? We sleep four or five hours, we wake up because something's on our mind, or we get up and we start working on a project because we're behind at work. What if we expected that of our kids? 
What if it came time for them to do their homework and you said, you know what? I haven't been able to pour into myself mentally this year. I haven't learned anything new, so you're not going to learn anything new. How would that look? What if we allowed our kids to overextend themselves and overcommit themselves the way that we overextend ourselves and overcommit ourselves? The point I'm trying to make is this. We don't take care of ourselves all that much. We don't love ourselves all that much. So before we can focus on all these things we've talked about that we need to do for our kids, we've got to do something for ourselves. Again, we've got to put on our mask before we're ever going to be able to assist our kid in putting on their mask. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 23 says, keep vigilant watch over your heart. That's where life starts. Now, the author of the book of Proverbs is a guy by the name of Solomon, King Solomon, one of the smartest people to ever live. And, and we read that verse and we know that he's not talking about our physical heart, right? He's talking about our emotional well-being, the, the whole package, our overall health, which really is brilliant because he says you need, you need to watch over your heart. Some translations say that you need to guard your heart. In other words, make sure that you stay physically healthy and mentally healthy, emotionally healthy, spiritually healthy, the whole thing. Solomon's saying don't get so caught up in the busyness and the stress and the demands of life that you let your guard down and you don't protect yourself and you don't take care of of yourself. So what does that mean from the perspective of parent or even grandparent? My priority needs to be working on me before I'm ever going to be in the position to help my kids. I need to work on me if I ever want a parent from a position of wholeness, in a position of completeness, because at the end of the day, we're only going to be able to give out as much as we have. We're only going to be able to give out what we've done for ourselves. So what this means is we are going to have to find some time to focus on ourselves. And, and I know just the, saying that, you've got to find some time. It, it probably makes you tense up, right? Because there's not enough time in the day, is there? There's not enough time to get done the things that we have to do today, but what we're going to talk about, I don't think this is a time management issue, right? We could go to a time management seminar. We could read a book on better scheduling our time and better managing our time. There's apps you can put on your phone to, to help you, you know, to control your schedule better. But it's not a time management issue. It's not a schedule issue. It's not even a discipline issue. The truth is there's too many things today that are pulling for our time, right? And it makes it really difficult for us to prioritize what's the most important thing. I mean, think about it. I'll prove to you there's not enough time in the day. How much time would it take for you, at whatever your vocation is, to be the best employee at your job, to shine 
in front of the boss, to always meet and exceed all of the goals? Or if you're in sales, how much time would it take for you to follow up on every lead and to follow up with every previous customer and to make every sale and to lead sales every single month in your place of employment? Or if you're in school, you're a teacher, you interact with other kids, how much time would it take for you to pour into each and every one of those kids? Just to absolutely be the best teacher, the best employee, the best professional that you could possibly be. How much time would that take? And then I want you to add on top of that your kids. And then how much additional time would it take for you to fill each of your kids' love tank completely full? To where your kid came to you one day and said, Dad, listen, man, I don't want to play anymore. Right? I, I'm, I, we have played enough. Or mom, I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to hang out anymore. We, my love tank is full. This is the greatest parent-child relationship ever. We're, we don't even need to spend any time together. How much time would that take? And then add on top of that your spouse. And how much time would it take for you to fill the love tank of your spouse? How many chick flicks would you have to watch? <laughs> or how many dates would you have to go on? How many walks would you have to take? For your spouse to look at you and say, whew, our marriage is great. This is the best our marriage has ever been. We don't need to spend any more time together. How much time would that take? And then add on top of that all your friendships and all your hobbies and all the things that you like to do. And then add on top of that all the maintenance stuff, right? The bill paying, the, the, the cleaning the shopping, the cooking, all those things we have to do to run our households, the car maintenance, the doctor's appointments. How much time would that take? The point is this. If you and I are determined to spend our time doing things that are important, we're in trouble, right? If we're going to be loyal to doing those important things, we're going to be in trouble. We're going to have a problem because there are a lot of things that are important. So what we're talking about, it is not a discipline problem or a time management problem. There are literally too many options for our time. So as a parent, what ends up happening is we get home from the end of the day and, you know, we're, we feel guilty, right? Because we have done this and we've done this and we've done this, but we didn't get this done or we didn't get that done. So learning number two, here's what we do. We tend to give our time to everyone but ourselves. Right? So there's a constant tug of war going on in our hearts about where we should spend our time. And so what I want to do for the time that we have is I want to focus on, as parents, as grandparents, what's the most important things that we can do to be able to be in a position to parent our kids from a position of wholeness, to get this right, to not mess up and, and not miss some of the things we've talked about in this series. So I think the very first thing as a parent that we have to focus on is the exact same thing I said week one that our kids have to focus on in the most important relationship for us as well as our parents is our relationship with God. Doesn't shock anybody. Again, we're in church. God's going to be the answer most of the time, right? 
But our relationship with God, just like our kids' relationship with God, is going to impact every single other thing in our life. How we view God's going to impact how we spend our time and how we spend our resources and how we handle our marriage and how we raise our kids and how we take on responsibility. Our relationship with God affects everything. And it's going to affect our kids as well. So this is kind of good because we need to focus on it as a parent, but it also impacts our parenting. You remember we talked about how we're the greatest influencer spiritually in the life of our kids? Matt talked about this last week. Our kids don't do what we tell them to do. They model what they see us doing. So if we want our kids to have a healthy relationship with God, then we have to have a healthy relationship with God. Right? If we want our kids to love God, they need to see the love of God in us. Because what kids are going to do, they're going to decide what God is like. They're going to decide how God relates to them based on, this is scary, their relationship with us, their parent. Right? So the love and the grace that they experience from their earthly mom and dad is going to directly translate into how they view, whether it's accurate or not, that's how they're going to view God. That's why this is so important. So that's why all throughout the first half of the Bible, too, God placed this emphasis on the nation of Israel and the Jewish people that they had to teach their kids about God. We looked at last week, and I think we looked at it week one, you know, about teaching your kids about God and the tie the verses on your wrist and on your foreheads. And, and we looked at the emphasis of that because God expects us as parents to show them, our kids, his love. So we got to prioritize our time with God. Like we do on Sundays, we got to prioritize being active in a local church setting. It doesn't matter where you go to church. As long as they teach about Christ and he's the only way to salvation, it doesn't bother me. We got to be tied in somewhere. They got to see that we love God and we love his church and we love the mission and, and that we serve and we support and we minister and we pray because they're going to model whatever it is that we do. So if we want them to pursue spiritual things, we have to pursue spiritual things. Everybody thinks, well, the answer is this or the answer is that. You know, we need more Christian schools. You know, we meet, need more God in the public school system. We need, you know, this politician or that politician or more government influence or less government. No, the answer is parents raising their kids in a godly home, teaching them about God so that those kids grow up to raise their kids in a godly home, teaching their kids about God so that those kids grow up and do the same thing. We're supposed to pass on a spiritual heritage to our kids and to teach them about God and his goodness and his greatness. Here's another verse about that. Psalm 78 verses 4 through 7. We will not hide them from their descendants. We will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord his power, and the wonders he has done. He decreed statutes for Jacob and established the law in Israel, which he commanded our ancestors to teach their children, 
So the next generation would know them, even the children yet to be born, and they in turn would do what? Tell their children. Then they would put their trust in God and would not forget his deeds, but would keep his commands. Again, we pass on the spiritual heritage to our kids. So the very first thing that we need to do for ourselves, if we're going to parent from a position of wholeness, is focus on our relationship with God. Here's the second thing, which is actually learning number three. One of the greatest gifts we can give our children is a healthy marriage. The second most important relationship that we can focus on is our relationship with our spouse, our marriage. Men, the, the, the greatest gift that you could ever give your kids is to love your wife. Wives, the greatest gift you could ever give your husband is a new truck. No, it's, <laughs> it's to love your husband. The greatest gift we can give our kids is to love our spouse. So that means there's going to come a time when you're going to have to wrestle with where you're going to spend time. Am I going to spend time with my kids or am I going to spend time with my spouse? And I don't want you to miss this next point. If you've been asleep for the past 15 minutes, it is okay. But I want you to walk away with this. And it doesn't matter if you're in your first marriage or you're in a second marriage or third marriage, and you've brought kids into that marriage, if you ever sacrifice your marriage for the sake of your kids, you're going to end up sacrificing your marriage and your kids. Let me say that again. If you ever sacrifice your marriage for the sake of your kids, you will end up sacrificing both your marriage and your kids. Why is this so important? Here's the reason this is so important, because the health of our marriage directly impacts our children. The health of our marriage directly impacts the personal security of our children. I want my kids to grow up and be well-rounded. I want them to get an education. I sure as heck want them on their own payroll. I want them to be financially independent. I can't wait till that day gets here. But more importantly, I want my kids to have personal security. And the health of my marriage is directly impacting the personal security of my kids. So that's why the greatest gift that we can give our kids is a healthy marriage, because it's going to directly translate into their personal security. And their personal security is what's going to allow them to say no to the wrong directions in life and the harmful behaviors in life. It, it's their personal security that's going to allow them to grow up and have a healthy relationship with their spouse. It's their personal security that's going to allow them to get along with other people at work and actually get their job done. So at some point, we're going to wrestle with taking time away from our kids in order to spend with our spouse. If we will do that, everybody wins. If we don't do that, everybody's going to lose. So practically, how do we do that? How do we prioritize our marriage. We've talked about prioritizing God. How do we prioritize our marriage? And here's some practical things uh, to do. Well, first of all, before I, before I tell you that, 
in, the, in prioritizing your marriage, what you're going to do is you're going to find this is really easy before you have kids to prioritize your marriage. It's even easy to prioritize your marriage after the kids have left the house. It's when you have kids that it's tough to prioritize it. You know, I remember when Lisa and I got married, we were young. We were really young. I was 24 and she was 25. You heard that correctly. She was a cougar, all right? <laughs> Just make a note of that. But we could do whatever we wanted before we have kids, had kids. We could go to the NASCAR race and spend all weekend there. We could go to the Grand National race on Saturday, the Winston Cup race on Sunday, and just take our time leaving and get home. If we wanted to go to the beach for a long weekend, we could do that. If we decided at 8.30 one night we wanted to go to a 9 o'clock movie, guess what? We went to a 9 o'clock movie. If we wanted to hang out at a friend's house late at night, we could do that. We'd go see her parents whenever we wanted to. We, it was easy to prioritize our marriage before we had kids. But then fast forward four and a half years later and a kid comes along. <laughs> we had no unearthly idea of how the demands for our time was going to change. And we realized really quickly in life that the temptation was there to put the marriage on hold for the sake of the kids. And we actually did that for like the first year, year and a half of our first kid. And then we must not have learned something or there was such a gap between our kids that we did the same thing with our second kid. But we quickly realized we cannot put the marriage on hold for the sake of their kids because it's going to erode and it's eventually going to die. So it's easy to prioritize before and after kids. It's when you have kids that it's very, very difficult to prioritize your marriage. So how do we do it? Number one, a practical thing we can do is, you know, maintain physical contact after you have kids. Some of y'all are like, what's he talking about? Remain intimate. Some of you are thinking, gosh, I love this church. This place is awesome. But it's true, after you have kids, you have to maintain physical contact. I love the saying, you know, a little sex leads to little kids, and little kids lead to little sex. <laughs> Intimacy is key in the marriage, even after you have kids. you got to stay physically connected. And I didn't just make this up, it's biblical. Look at 1 Corinthians 7, 3 through 5. The husband should fulfill his wife's sexual needs, and the wife should fulfill her husband's needs. The wife gives authority over her body to her husband, and the husband gives authority over his body to his wife. Do not deprive each other of sexual relations unless you both agree to refrain from sexual intimacy for a limited time so you can give yourself more completely to prayer. Afterward, you should come together again so that Satan won't be able to tempt you because of your lack of self-control. Now some of you are thinking, man, I love the Bible. I didn't know that was in the Bible. I love this church. I love the Bible. We have to keep intimate after kids. We have to love each other and care for each other and respect one another. Compliment one another. Compliment each other in front of your kids. Hey, honey, that flannel shirt you're wearing with the hole in it, it covers your beer belly very nicely. <laughs> right? 
Or, hey, honey, your, your robe matches your sweatpants and your fuzzy socks. Whatever. <laughs> Compliment each other. Here's the concept. Talk to each other. Communication, we know, is what we lack in our marriage. It gets worse once you have kids. It's like we have kids and now all of a sudden we don't talk and we don't communicate with each other. Continue to date one another. And I'll tell people in premarital counseling, you know, you need to have a date night, a frequent time that you get together. It doesn't always have to cost money and always have to be out of the house. But there are times you need to shell out the money and hire a babysitter and get completely away from the kids and go on a a date. These are just ways we can prioritize our marriage. And I know, you know, none of the things we're talking about is easy. If it was, we'd have perfect marriages and we'd have perfect kids and our parenting would be all together and our relationships would be all together. That's just not the case. This is about getting better. This is about improving from wherever we're at. So as you wrestle with this whole time thing today, I want you to be thinking about who can you take time away from to prioritize your spouse? Who can you take time away from to prioritize your spouse? And the the last thing we need to focus on, if we're going to parent from a position of wholeness, we focus on our relationship with God, we focus on our marriage, our relationship with our spouse. And number three, you got to focus on you. You got to focus on you. Everybody needs time to rest and to recharge. We, We all need pauses in life. We all need things that we enjoy doing in life. We all need things that are going to improve us. Why is rest so important? God reminds us, Exodus 20 verses 8 through 10, remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. You have six days each week for your ordinary work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may do any work. Why did God establish the day off or the Sabbath day? Well, number one, it was a chance for the people to remember, and it still is today, the goodness and the greatness of God and what he's done in our life. But it was also established to remind us that we need to take a day off. We need to rest. Listen, I can't sit still, all right? But no matter how much I get done, no matter how many things I get checked off of my to-do list, no matter how many projects I get completed, I still can't get everything done because there's not enough time in the day. And the Sabbath day reminds me that God did not design me in a way to work seven days a week or you in a way to work seven days a week. He designed us in a way to work six days a week and to take some rest. Because if you don't take time for yourself, you're always going to be tired. You're always going to be anxious. You're always going to be stressed out and exhausted and emotional. And, and what benefit is that going to be to your family? Or to these other things that we've talked about that we have to prioritize? How, how many times have you just blown up at your spouse? You don't have to answer that. But how many times have you just you know, blown up at your spouse or you blew up at somebody at work or you were really short with one of your kids and, and afterwards you just realize, man, I'm just exhausted. I'm just tired. We have to get some rest. So we if we're going to parent from a position of wholeness, 
We have to prioritize our relationship with the Lord. We have to prioritize our marriage and prioritize our spouse. And we have to prioritize ourselves. We have to take time for ourselves. Yes, everything we've talked about in this series is important. You need to spend time with your kids. You need to love your kids. You need to be a good role model for your kids. You need to create memories for your kids. All the things that we've talked about, but do not do it at the expense of your relationship with God, your relationship with your spouse, or your relationship and caring for yourself. Here's why all this is important. Our parenting has to be grounded in something, right? It's got to be grounded in something. We have to have a foundation. And a foundation is built, a good parenting foundation is built by spending time with God, spending time prioritizing our spouse, and taking care of ourselves. We've only got 24 hours every day. So you got to start thinking, who is it? that I can cheat some time away from, that maybe they so rightfully deserve, but who can I cheat some time away from in order to prioritize these three things? That's the only way that we're going to have balance in our lives, balance with ourselves, balance with our families, and balance with God. Let's pray together. God, thank you so much for uh, the gift of kids. Lord, parents, grandparents, maybe there's people in here that don't have kids. Lord, kids are awesome. Thank you for the time that you give us with them. Lord, we want to get this right. We want to be good parents. We want to be good grandparents. We want to parent from a position of wholeness. Help us to focus on you and on our spouse. Help us to make sure we're taking time for ourselves to recharge and re-energize. Lord, thank you for the parents that are here and that are watching. Lord, I know they're overwhelmed. I know just sometimes hearing a talk like this can cause anxiety in us. Give them your peace. Help us just to narrow our life down to these three things we've talked about today. Lord, we love you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. As we finish up, just a couple of things. One, on Thursday, November 18th, I think it's a Thursday, we're having worship night here at the church, a night of music, just a night of celebration as we enter into uh, the Thanksgiving holiday. So I want you to mark your calendar. It will be an awesome night. Man, we've got incredible musicians, incredible band and tech crew, and and so we're going to have an awesome worship night that night. Uh, the other thing I want to let you know about is in 2022, our youth is going to be doing the Resurrection Conference again, and we're going to watch a video about that here in a minute. That is open to any middle schooler and any high schooler. The, the registration deadline, I think, is December the 1st, so I want to encourage you uh, to get your kids signed up for that. But let's watch a video. I hope you have a great, great Sunday, a great week, and we'll see you next week.